I'm enrolling in Medicare soon, and it had me a little confused. Then I found MyHealthPolicy.com. With MyHealthPolicy.com, I could go online and compare Medicare Advantage plans from some top-rated national insurers, including $0 monthly premium plans. I could learn about plans in my area and talk with a licensed insurance agent if needed. MyHealthPolicy.com has made doing my research a whole lot easier. My choice, my Medicare, myhealthpolicy.com. Hey, what's going on, folks? Welcome to the JMP Ray Boxing Podcast, episode 106. We got a lot of stuff to talk about. We talk about the YouTube fight. That's right. I know I said I wasn't going to talk about it, but I am going to talk about it. I do have my little rant about this past Saturday night's YouTube fight between two YouTube stars. We talk about Billy Joe Sanders and Devin Haney's outing this past Saturday. And Tyson Fury moving to MMA to possibly challenge Stephen Miocic, or is it the other way around? I'm not too sure no more with the Gypsy King. And we got some Canelo news, of course, Canelo news. But out here, I'm not doing it by myself, folks. You guys know who's here, who's live on my FaceTime, on my tablet. We got the man, the myth, the legend, the sac- the Sacramento bad boy himself, B-Ray in the motherfucking house. B-Ray? I was born right. Yo, what up? What's going on, B-Ray? How you been? Oh, really good, man. Really, really good. How's, yep. it, how's, it, how's it out there in Sacramento? Good? Good, man. Pretty cold. It's getting there. It's getting fucking cold. And, of course, it's about to be raining like cats and dogs very soon. Well, on this side, it doesn't look like it is, but all right. <laughs> yeah. Kind of on your side, it's a little warm. Oh, okay. All right, man. So, started off right off the bat. Um, uh, We said we have the boxing news, so real quick... Um, I don't know whether to, well, we'll bring it up. Uh, five days ago, Joseph Jojo Diaz, 130-pound contender, um, took had a picture with uh, Tevin Farmer in which it says, my time, my, my time up, see you in January at Tevin Farmer 22. Um, Tevin Farmer also posted it on his page. Um, hold on, let me go, to go on his page real quick. He also posted the picture, and the caption goes, I can talk the talk. I can walk the walk. I back it up every time. I'm with it all. Let's get this deal done so I can smash you. I'm a Philly boy. So both guys, which is no news, have been back and forth on social media. They even had that little, you know, face-to-face uh, during the Canelo-Jacobs um, fight. The fight that me and you have said this is a good fight for both fighters. It's a good, uh, it's a good notable name for Terran Farmer. It's another crack at a title for Joseph Diaz. I felt this is a great fight for both of these guys, but nothing has been um, signed yet. But if you go to Joseph Diaz's uh, Instagram account, 23 hours ago he put big announcement tomorrow. 
And then he puts Ooh, and then he puts a picture that says big moves. And then he posts an article by Mike Carpenter that says no deal yet, but awful close. And I love this fight. Diaz, a pressure fighter against a smooth fighter and farmer. Jojo Diaz represents by far the toughest test for farmers for fight title reign. Looms as a significant fight for 2020 the zone schedule. Um, Mike Carpenter continues by saying the Tevin former Joseph Diaz title fight once a deal is completed will take place at the Verizon purpose-built arena in Miami. Verizon sets up shop at the Super Bowl each year with an impromptu venue for concert, etc. Great scene for a fight. Hashtag former versus Diaz. And of course, B-Ray, what are your takes on this? Uh, it says, uh, well, here my son, my bad. He, he continues by going, again, this is all on social media of Joseph Jojo Diaz. I'm coming for the throne, Diaz versus Farmer. Of course, this is uh, then Joseph Diaz uh, uh, re- reposting a lot of people, especially from the boxing wise, which is a photo of him and Tevin Farmer and him and Farmer eyeing a 20, uh, January 2020 fight. B Rape, what do you think of that fight? It's looming, it's getting closer. What do you think? It's, if, if, if it happens in January, what a way to start the year with that fight. I love watching Jojo Diaz. You know, big fan of that guy. So, man, if he wins, biggest win of his career so far. And that's the win that he's waiting for. Mm-hmm. I know that. I know that's that's the way he's waiting for. You almost had it when he fought. Uh, God, what's the guy's name again? Was it uh, uh, Gary Russell Jr.? Gary Russell Jr. Almost had it. And then, and you can tell after the fight. I'm sure you can agree with me. After the fight, you can tell that he learned. I mean, he guess he learned something or he got motivated so much after that fight. Well, since then he's been on a I think what four fight win streak if I'm not mistaken. Four, yeah, I would say oh. four uh, four wins. I think four fight win streak. I think he's moved up in weight. He challenged uh, uh, Gary Russell Jr., which is what uh, la- was it last year or? It was uh, yeah, it was last year. So he challenged him last year. He lost. Um, I felt he put on a good show. I felt uh-huh. that that night he would have uh, he would have beaten any uh, junior lightweight. Junior featherweight, I'm sorry, in that division uh-huh. that night. It's just that Gary Russell Jr. was the better man that night, and he beat him. Uh-huh. But I think he he put on a great performance that showed that he is not all hype, that he is a real fighter, that a, he he poses trouble for anybody he steps in the ring with. And since then, like I said, he parted ways with his trainer. He started training with, uh, with oh, my God, Joel Diaz, the former, Joel trainer, Diaz. Uh-huh. The former trainer of Timothy Bradley. Uh, Ruslan Permaknikov and many other notable fighters and he's been on a tear since then he's even had an attitude type change he's more aggressive uh-huh. you know he's yep. been uh, more uber aggressive as uh, as the uh, since the loss I'm sorry so I think this is a good fight I think Mark Carpenter is correct when he says this is a t- this is a good style matchup you got a you got a, uh, a uh, constant pressure fighter against a smooth boxer yep, I agree I totally agree. So I think that that fight, that will be a pretty good fight coming up in January. Again, if, if it happens in January, great way to start, man. And this is a win. I think a win that both men really need. Yeah. But, you know, I'll fucking say, man, I'm, I'll, I'll be going for, uh, for for Diaz, man. The hometown guy, of course. Um, mm-hmm. Look, it, it's a, like I said again, it's a it's a good style matchup. But also the, the, the intangibles, the background behind it. This is a redemption for Joseph Diaz on a second crack at a world title in a second division. Uh-huh. Uh, for Tevin Former, who's um, hasn't had the most notable names on his resume, especially when you're in a division where you have uh, great guys like Ryan Garcia, 
Devin Haney. And I know it's, it's 135 I'm talking about, but Tevin Farmer is in that mix to be in discussion with these fighters I'm just mentioning right now. You know, Lomachenko, the Teofimo Lopez, Joseph Diaz. You got a bunch of guys. And then, you know, the Leo Santa Cruz is fighting on the undercard of uh, the Wilder fight. is also contemplating a move up to 130. Gary Russell Jr. is also thinking about moving to 130. So you got a loaded divi- two divisions that are loaded right now with talent. And Tevin Farmer is the only guy who I believe is skilled, but just hasn't had the opportunity to demonstrate that at a high at a at a high profile fight against a high profile fighter like Joseph Jojo Diaz, who has a great following behind them, but also can back it up with his fights. So I think it's a good fight. I think so too. Uh, yeah, I can't wait. I really hope they make the announcement very soon because, again, very great, uh, a great start for the year. And these are the type of fights that DAZN should make. These they are, should, yeah. These are the type of fights that kind of like, you know what, okay, it makes it makes it worth it paying $20 a month. It makes it worth it copping up that $100 for the full year. These are the type of fights that are compelling to boxing uh-huh. fans. And, again, the styles make fights. This is the type of fight that's going to attract the casual fans. Especially uh-huh. the casual fans that tuned in last Saturday night, because that was the reason why they tuned that fight. I'm using sarcastic voice here. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's continue going. Um, give me a sec. I had it right here. Um, and by other boxing news, it's been reported that Errol Spence is targeting a return for March 2020. So B-Ray, Errol Spence, who just not even what two months ago was in a serious car accident. You know, he came, you know, no broken bones, nothing really, you know, damaging or life-threatening. Just a couple, you know, scratches and maybe a couple teeth loose. But other than that, he's okay. As far as we know, he hasn't made a public appearance. I haven't seen anything of him or pictures of him. But he's targeting a March 2020 return. What are your thoughts on that? I, I know I am a bit surprised on that. I mean, that was actually the date I actually was hoping to see him in. I remember, I remember thinking that, but I was like, that ain't going to happen. Very surprised. I guess he's not. I guess he's not as banged up as we all thought. I guess he's fine. I guess he feels that hey, I can make. I can make it. I can make it to that date of March. It's pretty interesting. I, I did hear. Damn it! I, I when I heard that he was gonna make an appearance, he was gonna show up to a fight. Well, the the only notable fight that he could show up to, it would be the Earl. Um, sorry, um, the Deontay Wilder Luis Ortiz two rematch. There you go. That, that would make sense. Make it make appearance. We'll we'll see. I mean. Um, March 2020. Do you? I mean, hmm, what happened? What two months ago? This happened what September, right? No, no, I think it was uh, last month. October. Okay, so okay, let's, yeah. say, let's say a month ago. Mm, uh-huh. What you got? November, December, January. Like five months. Five months from <laughs> from the crash to March. Okay, I'm not gonna speculate if he's okay because we're not gonna know. You know, uh-huh. not gonna disclose that. Um, option of opponents do you go for the top guys or do you gotta get a soft touch i in my opinion i think he deserves a soft touch i was about to say soft touch man especially after this accident i know i just said that he came you know uns, you know he, he was scratched up a little bit some loose teeth but no broken bones no bodily harm was you know done to him in this car accident um this dui case is probably gonna you know result in him paying a hefty fine and probably doing some uh, community service for the state of Texas. Uh-huh. So other than that, I think he should get a soft touch in 2020, and then yeah. to see where he's at. I'm I'm more curious to see where he's at. I I would not I would not want to see him against a Pacquiao or a rematch with the uh, Porter or a Danny Garcia type fight because if he loses, it to me it would just linger as like 
was it just too quick? Was it quick of a turnaround to go into a fight after you just had this car crash? Yeah. So I think I soft notable. I soft bit uh, credible opponent would do good for him. A guy maybe outside the top ten. So someone not too easy, but someone not too hard. It's got to be right in the middle. You got to find the right opponent for him. I don't know, like top fifteen, <laughs> top twenty maybe. Something like that, yeah. Even, I would say that should be his first opponent. For his yeah, first comeback, because I mean, again, like I said, we don't know what this car crash did to him, what what it took away from him. We don't know mm-hmm. yet. And the, and if you're gonna put him against the top guys, you know, I think that that doubt, in my view, the doubt would be in there, like, well, you know, did that car crash have to do with the fact that he lost to so and so and so and so? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Did it yeah. take a lot out of him? Again, I don't know, but um, March 2020. Uh, I mean, I'd rather have have him active at the same time. I'm more, more um, cautious about putting him back in the ring this quick, even though it's only five months. But still, again, I don't know. I don't know the diagnostics. Like I said, we, I'm only reading and I'm only saying from what we heard. He only he didn't have no broken bones, no bodily harm, just a couple scratches and loose tooth, loose teeth. I'm sorry. That's about it. All I know. All right, continuing the boxing news. Devin Haney fought this past Saturday on the KSI Logan Paul 2 rematch. Um, he defended his newly crowned WBC lightweight championship after it was awarded to him after Lomachenko was um, elevated to franchise champion. Now, if you guys want to know what franchise champion is, I, I suggest you guys tune into episode 88, the franchise episode. And um, he, he fought a very sturdy fighter. I saw the, um, I'm not going to ask B-Ray because off the air I asked B-Ray if he saw it. He said no. So I'll give my assessment of the fight. I felt this was a great fight for, um, for Devin Haney. Um, I would have not, I would have not liked to have seen him knock anybody out because then they would have just showed that we're giving him soft touches. This was a sturdy fighter who in the, in the first couple rounds was trying to literally win the fight. It was only after he was dropped by Devin Haney that he was backpedaling, that the game plan changed. And he was starting to fight more defensively against the offense of Devin Haney, and it won a unanimous decision. I felt it was a great, uh, a great showcase fight for Devin Haney to show his his defense, his offense, you know, show the aggressiveness of Devin Haney. I know it was a lackluster fight for many um, casual fans who were tuning into boxing for the first time. Uh, I did hear a couple boos at the Staples Center, but as a as a fan of uh, boxing, I enjoyed the twelve rounds he fought in. Again, I felt that there was a another another layer to Devin Haney. He's just not just a, a flashy guy with fast hands and a nice smile. The guy can dig deep. Like I said, it was very competitive for the first couple rounds. It was only after Devin Haney dropped um I forget the name of the opponent, but it was after he dropped him, that's when the opponent decided to be like, okay, I'm not going to do that again. I'm just going to have to bide my time, get my feet under me, and... Devin Haney, Devin Haney never allowed it to happen, and he took control of the fight afterwards. So, um, congratulations, Devin Haney. But I'm branching. Well, I'm sorry, you're gonna say it sounded like it's not the first time I've heard something like that because I did hear it. And he didn't look too good, but it's really starting to sound like as if uh, you know people are saying he didn't look good just because he didn't score the knockout. That's the impression I'm getting now from you. Well, I mean, not every fight has to be a fucking knockout. Like I know that. His last fight was a highlight reel over, you know, an overhand right that just literally... But everyone just it keeps expecting you to do every fucking fight. I noticed that. Yeah. Once you stop it, now you'd be like, well, I don't know. He didn't look good. Well, you know, he looked good. I, I 
Again, I, I'm not taking the crowd into consideration because half the crowd that was there probably doesn't know the difference between a right cross and a left cross, uh, a jab, uh-huh. you know, uh, or like Ric Flair said in wrestling term, you don't know what the difference between a wrist watch and a wrist lock. Uh-huh. So that's kind of what I think about the crowd this past Saturday at the Staples Center that were booing the performance that Devin Haney was doing under the certain circumstances he was going. He also said, I think he damaged his, his left hand. So he was kind of fighting with an, in, an injury and he did what he was, he did what he was supposed to do. He dug deep, uh-huh. he bit down and he fucking fought. And he won. Uh-huh. So I all credit to Devin Haney. First title defense for his newly crowned WBC title. But um, um, City Boxings just uh, just said that Devin Haney has reportedly now been ordered to defend his WBC lightweight title against mandatory challenger Javier Fortuna next. Parties have until December 13th for a purse bid to agree to terms. Now this is my thing. The WBC is mandating Devin Haney to defend it against Javier Fortuna. I'll say this right now. And if they're hearing this. Where the fuck was the WBC mandating Lomachenko to defend it against Devin Haney? Exactly. <laughs> I was about to say something like that. Why the fuck did he do it for him? That's my question. Yeah. Where the fuck is his thing? But, okay, whatever. Going into that, it's going to go into a rant. But Devin Haney is um, reported his next opponent is going to be Javier Fortuna. Javier Fortuna is a former world champion, I think, at 130. Um, formidable foe. I guess... That's another sturdy test for a uh, Devin Haney. Javier Fortuna is not easy to look good against. He is a rugged fighter who just makes an ugly fucking fight. He Fuck. he he he's a guy. He's a. I saw him once at the. I want to say the Palms, not the Palms. Fuck. Oh my God, the Flam- I forgot the hotel that I stayed at in Vegas. And <laughs> I saw him fight. The guy. The guy just swarms you. He tires out. He gasses out quick, but. The guy has fucking a heart. He has a he has a big heart. He just fucking just fights his ass off, and he he, he doesn't he doesn't make you look good. You got to earn that fucking win against him. It's kind of like fighting Porter. <laughs> Almost, you're fighting a Dominican Porter yeah. in a way. You got to earn it. So I think that's a good step. So I think you know without you know I know the comment of like oh you're making him you're making you're making Haney. Uh, go into negotiations with Fortuna, but you couldn't force Lomachenko into a negotiation with Haney. But as as David Haney's career is going, I think this is a good move. His last fight was a good step. Again, like I showed, it showed another wrinkle into David Haney's into who David Haney is as a fighter. And I think this Javier Fortuna fight is another opportunity for David Haney to showcase himself, showcase the skills he has. I think. Um, the, this generation of fighters, and when I mean this generation, I mean guys like uh, Devin Haney, Ryan Garcia, Joseph Jojo Diaz, who use social media to promote themselves, and they do it very successfully, are some sometimes is a uh, look bad, uh, not look bad, but sometimes it it look you kind of look at it as like what, because boxing is so old school minded, you know, like well that's why you have your promoter, your promoter's supposed to promote you. Well, no, this generation of fighters are self promoting themselves on social media. You got Devin Haney, you know, who has the million dollar smile, he, you know, wearing the nice, the nice luxury clothing, driving the luxury cars, all this showcasing and not, you know, not flaunting it, but showcasing it, but doing it on his social media, gathering that following sometimes rubs old school, old school boxing fans the wrong way. It's only, uh-huh. when, it's only when you see him in the ring that you kind of like see, okay, this kid has the good, this guy, is, this kid is good. This kid has what it takes. And I think. Uh, fights like last Saturday night and fights against the Javier Fortuna, if they negotiate, 
are those type of fights they're gonna win over the old school type boxing fan that says, ah, I, I don't give a fuck if he has 12 million followers. Can he fight? Well, guess what? Devin Haney can fight. And I think fighting op- opposition like he's been fighting proves that this kid can fight. And we just want to see more of him. We just want to see more out of this kid, you know, perform, you know, perform like that. Mm-hmm. Like, we don't want to see him just, you know, do one. You gave me one type of style. He's a knockout. We want to see what more he can do. And the way the way you're telling me, he showed more last Saturday night. I think so. I think he showed a lot, especially because the, the, the guy the guy wanted, the, of course, every fighter goes in to win. And then, like, Mike Tyson goes, everyone has a game plan, so they get, they get punched. This guy walked in with the game plan. As soon as he got dropped, the game plan changed. But that didn't stop him from trying to win. It was just um, the, how can I say, he just couldn't stop Devin Haney's momentum. Couldn't stop Devin Haney from coming at him. And you you were just able to tell the class. You were able to tell the level in that situation. I think if Devin Haney was 100%, if you you choose to believe Devin Haney's um, injury he had, I think Devin Haney would have even showed uh, a... a gap between the levels he's in, and he slightly did it, but then at the post at the post interview, he kind of said, "Look, I think I injured my left hand. I wasn't able to throw it as frequent as I wanted to, then this and that." So I kind of see why the performance looked the way it looked, and which now makes me guess what happens if he would have walked in 100%. How good and more be- better he would have looked without that injury. <laughs> so Javier Fortuna, Devin Haney in negotiations, possibly a fight in 2020. We'll see what happens. All right. Also, on the undercard of KSI versus Logan Paul, you had the super former middleweight and now current WBO super middleweight champion, Billy Joe Sanders, um, <clears throat> who won on a TKO 11th round. It, was, it surprised everyone, including myself, who was watching this fight. I was watching this as I was getting ready to go out uh, with my wife. I was watching. It's funny because uh, I always tell my wife, we need a TV in the bathroom. We need a TV in the bathroom. <laughs> And she's like, no, no. So I got my tablet. I got my speaker. And I had it on. And I was shaving. I was getting ready, of course, because we're going out. And I'm watching this fight. And I'm like, what the fuck? Billy Joe Sanders, this is your first American debut. And he he did good early. Just the opponent just came on. And it, to me, it looked like he, it was good. Uh, to me, I saw an upset was about to happen. This kid was going to upset wow. Billy Joe Sanders. And, 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 and it's crazy. So... I'm watching this and I'm done shaving. I'm getting dressed. I have the towel again. I'm picture. I'm drawing a picture to you guys where I'm doing right at the moment. So I have the TV. I have the the tab the tablet mounted on my dresser with the with the speaker and it's playing. You got Sergio Mora. You got Todd Grisham in announcing the doing the announce me. And then I think you got the other guy who does the score awful scorecards. Um, you got him. And they're both saying this fight is super close. You know, this fight, you know, the, this guy could take it if he wins the next couple rounds. He could possibly upset the champion. I'm going, this kid's going to do it. This kid's going to do it. Going into the 11th round, the opponent, oh, I forgot. again, I'm bad with names. I forgot his name. He is smiling. He knows what's about to happen. This is going into the 11th round. He knew, okay, I got this guy where I want him. I'm winning this fight. He 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 go he leans over and kisses his trainer on the cheek. He kisses his cut man on the cheek. He kisses his he kisses the assistant trainer on the cheek. Kind of like fuck, we did it, guys. We did it. We're we got six minutes. We're about to become a world champion. And just like that, the dreams shattered. Billy Joe Sanders landed a nice right uh, left uppercut onto. Uh, the opponent, he fell, 
And again, there's levels to this game. Billy Joe Sanders has been, you know, uh, he's a good fighter. We saw him in the David Lemieux fight. When he had his guy hurt, he went after him and he TKO'd him and he got the win. He, uh, I even said to my wife, he pulled this win out of his ass because I didn't think he had it in him. Or, or, or my favorite, he pulled a rabbit out of his ass. Oh no, he pulled this win out of his ass. I, I'm not shitting you, B-Ray. I actually thought that Billy Joe Sanders was going to lose. I'm like, shit, what a debut for Billy Joe Sanders in the United States. Losing to an unknown. While you have Eddie and Chepe Reynoso supposedly ringside because they're quote-unquote scouting him as a future opponent, which we'll go into in, in, in the earlier that, in the that almost, segments. Yeah, that, that was, almost uh, happened like Danny Joshua. <laughs> so... Post-fight interview, Billy Joe Sanders. So Billy Joe Sanders retains the WBO Championship of the World. Um, the whole night, the whole commentating was like, well, this is an audition for Canelo Alvarez. This is an audition. This is an audition. Look, again, the, the fans at the Staples Center were not boxing fans. 99.9% of them were not real boxing fans. They were just KSI and local Paul fans. So, so you heard booze throughout the whole fight. Bunch of jerk-offs, man. They were hearing boos. I was entertained because of the fact that I knew who Billy Joe Sanders was. I knew the level. I knew what this meant for Billy Joe. An American debut. You're trying to audition. You're trying to convince the public that you should be the next guy in line to challenge Canelo Alvarez in May. And you're losing the. You're possibly losing this fight. You're possibly doing what Angelo Dundee told Sugar Ray Leonard. You're blowing it, son. It, You're sir. blowing it. Blowing it. And he was blowing it to the point that even the opponent goes, this guy's blowing it. Fuck it. Come here. Mwah. Come here. Mwah. Mwah. <laughs> Six minutes. I'm a world champion. And like, and this is to me the the saying we heard from HBO, Jim Lampley. This is the theater of the unexpected. Yep. Because I didn't expect Billy Joe Sanders to pull this fucking win out of his ass, land the uppercut. The guy just fell. Then Billy Joe Sanders just swarmed him, knocked him down a second time. And then by the third time, he knocked him down again. The referee said, you had enough. This, there was still time on the clock. So it, there wasn't enough time for this kid to recover. And it was over. Billy Joe Sanders return, retains the title. He made it very known that he wants to fight Canelo. He knows his performance wasn't that good. But he knows that if he gets, he gets a shot at Canelo, he'll do great. He was also uh, suffering from the flu that this weekend, so he was under the weather as he was fighting against this this unknown opponent from Argentina. Um, so two 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 world champions on an undercard of KSI Logan Paul, both got the win, both got the win, but not impressively to entertain the fans at the Staples Center. It entertained me, a boxing fan. It entertained me. And it would have entertained you too, B-Ray, if you watched it. And, and I, I do recommend it for, for people who have who are uh, subscribed to The Zone and didn't watch it in the car. I do uh, recommend watching those two fights. I feel they're great fights. I think if they were in any, if they were in any undercard fight, it would have been a great, it would have been a great fight, no matter what. I wouldn't have... You said that the crowd would have booed. I don't think if this fight was on the undercard of a uh, Canelo Kovalev, I don't think people would have booed it. And believe me, yeah, I think so. Canelo Kovalev needed this those two type of fights in their undercard. Um, I recommend it. I think they're two good fights. They both tell a story, and that's what boxing is about. That's why I'm using the analogy that boxing is the theater of the unexpected. And this the uh, last past Saturday night, 
that's it holds true to those two fights. There were two tales, two stories happening that Saturday, that night, and both men won. That's my take. Well, it's definitely something I, you know, would definitely watch on my on my day off on the weekend. I like I said, I do recommend it. So, mm-hmm. yeah. all right, as I'm talking about KSI, Logan Paul, <sighs> I know I spent two weeks ago and I went on the big rant, making fun of this fight, saying this is a circus fight, saying this is a sham, saying these two guys don't deserve to have their spot to have a spot on the zone. That I felt it was disrespectful for guys like Billy Joe Sanders and Devin Haney to be on the undercard of these two clowns. Um, I did not watch the main event. Did not watch it. I chose not to. I I said it last Saturday and I kept it true. The I kept it true. I was only gonna watch the undercards. I was only gonna watch Billy Joe Sanders. I was only gonna watch Devin Haney fight. I was gonna tune out of that, and I did. I did see the highlights of this fight. Both guys fought. It didn't look pretty. I know people are saying this was a robbery, and again, I have not seen the fight. I don't. I'm debating if I want to see the fight now. Like I said, I've only saw the highlights. I'm debating if I want to watch it. I don't know. But the reason I'm bringing this fight up, <clears throat> the reason that I'm uh, I'm going to entertain this and probably go into a rant and be ready. Stop me anytime you want. Last Saturday night, two YouTube stars. Both guys having their followers on Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter. Battled it out for six rounds. Now, I choose not to believe Eddie Hearn when he talks, but Eddie Hearn did say that Logan Paul, KSI, had more pay-per-view buys in the UK than Anthony Joshua for his Andy Ruiz. You know, I would have bought it if he said, if for some reason, let's just say it was on pay-per-view in the US, right? Say it was. And he said that, I think I would have believed it. I probably would have believed it because of all those stupid fucking assholes that follow them. I would think that would have transitioned them buying it. Now, UK, I don't know about UK. I don't think fucking UK would you know bought so many. Well, K- so many I'm sorry, you people in the UK bought the pay-per-view. Well, I fucking doubt it. They sold it for half the price you would buy a regular pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. So maybe. Right I'm not too sure. But like I, said, I choose not to believe Eddie Hearn on that one. But what I'm going to bring up is this. The whole lead up to KSI versus Logan Paul. These guys are YouTube. Again, I'm going re- to repeat it and emphasize it. They're YouTube stars. They're social media um, darlings. Or you could say. I don't know what even we want to call it. But they know how to work a crowd. You know, they both have X amount of millions of fans that follow them. And which means... They know how to promote themselves, and they did. I have Snapchat. On Snapchat, I would see a link that says, Logan Paul, training camp for KSI Logan Paul 2. Yeah, I would see those. uh, On YouTube. Advertisement. Mm -hmm. I would see um, KSI training camps, or 40 days KSI, 40 days Logan Paul. I saw promotion for two guys who only once put on a pair of gloves and fought each other in an amateur fight. And God knows how they got a fucking sanctioned, licensed fight in the state of California. Fuck. And they're promoting this fight as the biggest fight out there. The second biggest rematch. They're promoting this like it's the it's Anthony Joshua versus Andy Ruiz 2. And it got me to think. Because if we if you again if you choose to believe Eddie Hearn, if you choose to believe 
the reports this past Saturday night uh, KSI and Logan Paul did more viewerships than Canelo Kovalev where has this sport no hold on, let me rephrase that let me rephrase this I'm not gonna shit on these guys no 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 be real. I'm not gonna shit on these guys because you know what these guys played it right me and you have sat here for the last year since the zone has gone on and we have said the zone if you need to talk to the promoters talk to the promoters but get your shit right don't just think because you have a marquee name that people are gonna tune in treat the fans like they're stupid and tell them a story to why they should tune in to this fight why this fight is so significant to watch why why you should tune in and don't miss out because you may be witnessing history in the making. We didn't see that with Canelo Kovalev. KSI no. Logan Paul hoarded themselves out there on social media to promote this fight. And they saw the results of that. So for the reports to say that they did more viewers, more people tuned in to this fight than Canelo Alvarez's historic capturing of a fourth title in a fourth weight class is astonishing and sad to, to say that two YouTube stars were able to outperform the quote-unquote face of boxing. That two YouTube stars were able to outpromote one of the top promoters in the world in Golden Boy promotions. It is astonishing and I applaud these men for it. I don't it's applaud depressing. their... Isn't it, thank you, it's a word. It is an impressive feat. No, 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 I said depressing. <laughs> oh, I say, I say it's impressive, but I'm sorry. I mean, no, it's, I'm impressive. Pretty, yeah, it's, it's impressive, but at the same time, it's depressing. Is it? Is it really? Again, I'm not... It really gonna, is. Hold on, I'm not... It, hold, I don't hold know, on. to me it is. I'm but... not, not going to shit on Canelo yeah. here. And it's going to sound like I am. And it's going to sound like I'm a Mayweather dick diver here, but I'm going to use all other examples. Name me, like I said this last week, and we didn't. And, and I'm gonna say this right now: we didn't get no emails from you guys to tell me no. when was the last time the UFC was able to hold boxing hostage for an hour so they can finish their pay per view first. No one did anything, so I'm gonna put another challenge out here for you fans. Name me another time a celebrity, a celebrity boxing match, outperformed any boxer right now. I choose not to believe that KSI and Logan Paul would have been able to outperform Floyd Mayweather. I choose to believe that KSI and Logan Paul were not going to be able to outperform Manny Pacquiao at the fever of Pac-Man mania. But this Saturday night, KSI and Logan Paul were able to outperform again, and I say it, the quote-unquote face of boxing. KSI and Logan Paul were able to outpromote the top promotional company in boxing, Golden Boy Promotions, is an impressive feat. Not depressing, Brian, but impressive. Because you know why? Because me and you have been standing here since day one, since Canelo signed the contract to the zone, and we saw the marketing that they were doing for each Canelo fight. Canelo versus Rocky Fielding, Canelo versus Danny Jacobs, and now Canelo versus Kovalev. And the one thing me and you say, the marketing for those fights suck. They're banking on Canelo's name alone. There is no story. There's no compelling story to tell. 
to entice the casual fans. People like me and you, b will watch it. Mr. Lou will watch it because, you know, we're boxing fans. But the casual fans, the fans that only tune in for the big fights, you're not getting them. You're not getting them. Canelo's name alone doesn't show. This proves, the, and this happened since the Canelo Jacobs fight, that his numbers are starting to go down. His viewership is starting to go down. And the Canelo Kovalev even proved it even more. KSI and Logan Paul even proved that the star power that Canelo is supposedly wielding isn't there. To me, there is no face of boxing. There are many faces of boxing. There are many faces of boxing. There is not one man that controls the, controls the audience in boxing now. There is not one fighter that will make the world stop for them to fight. There is not one. Manny Pacquiao was a fighter. When he fought on Saturday night, everybody in the world stopped to see what this guy was going to do. When Floyd Mayweather stopped, everyone stopped what they were doing to see if this guy was going to get defeated. Whether or not you chose to believe the opponent was legit or not. Canelo Alvarez in his last three outings has not made the boxing world stop. The only time he did it when he fought Triple G those two times. But yeah, other, that was really the only time. But other than that, this guy was not able to do this. And to say that you have two YouTube stars. Again, I'll repeat it one more time for you guys. The two YouTube stars were able to outperform Canelo Alvarez. Able to outpromote the biggest boxing promotion out there. One of the biggest boxing promoters out there in Golden Boy Promotion. Is an impressive feat. And shows... And shows, B-Ray, to me, that it's not DAZN's fault. It's the promoter's fault that doesn't know how to promote the fucking fight. They're just banking on names. The, the, they, they are just like... They're like the WWE right now. I'm going to use a perfect example. WWE's ratings are going down. They haven't improved. So what do you do? You bring a name... And who came back? CM Punk. CM Punk. And yep. get, guess what? I'll bet you. I'll bet you in the next couple of days we're gonna hear that the ratings have gone up because they want to see what's gonna happen next. But as soon as they, as soon as they realize they got fish hooked, as soon as they get, they're gonna realize, oh no, fuck it, okay, whatever. They're gonna do the the uh, the ratings are gonna dwindle down. Same thing we're here with Canelo. Canelo at the peak of triple G, those triple G fights was at at the top of his game was starting to become the face of boxing. Since then, he is just another face, another notable name in boxing. Sorry to say this to you, Canelo fans. Canelo Alvarez is not the face of boxing. He is just another name of many other fighters or many other stars. He is in the same category as a Deontay Wilder. He's in the same category as an Anthony Joshua. He's in the same category as a Terrence Crawford, an Earl Spence, a Manny Pacquiao. Canelo Alvarez does not hold boxing in the palm of his hands like his former predecessor Floyd Mayweather Manny Pacquiao Oscar De La Hoya Sugar Ray Leonard Mike Tyson Muhammad Ali so forth and four on and many other fighters that held the boxing game at the palm of their hands I'm sorry he is not that guy and this past Saturday night proved it which the, which again that, that it's, it's depressing because these YouTubers outdid, outpromoted, I would say mostly Golden Boy, 
If you want to do an example, Golden Boy, you know, we talked about how they promote. It's still depressing. Like, wow, I said, you got out promoted by these two fucking YouTubers. I'm sorry. They should be ashamed, especially Golden Boy. You should be ashamed of yourself. Now, I hope that this situation. What? Wake, woke, woke everyone up? I hope this situation wakes up the Canelo fans in demanding fights, compelling fights with the fight with fighters like Demetrius Andrade, Jermall Charlo, Dimitri Bivol, Arthur Bedeviev. I hope this Callum, Callum helps. Smith. Callum Smith. Now, I mentioned these fighters and I don't know, well fuck, it, we'll go into it now. Let me look at the list. Damn it, I had the list right here. Hold on. Actually, you sent it to me. Yeah. All right. I think so. Me just mentioning his name, Canelo. Like I said, I hope this. Canelo Alvarez is a very prideful man. I would think that he is not gonna let. He's not gonna let this go by, and let people like me say that you got outperformed by KSI and Logan Paul. That they were able to. They were able to get more viewers in this fight. Than you versus Sergey Kovalev in your, your historic capturing of a fourth title in a fourth weight class. I'm sorry, hold on. Okay, there you go. I hope this is this was motivation for him to be like, you know what? I'm gonna do. I'm gonna fight. I'm gonna start fighting the guys that they think I don't want to fight. I'm gonna give them compelling fights because you have no other option. You're you're uh, you're carving your legacy out right now. And you look. I, I said last week. I gave him all his credit in the Kovalev. I gave him all his credit. But right now, he cannot hold claim to be the face of boxing at the moment. To me, he is not. Can't hold claim to it. Uh-huh. Like I said right now, there are many faces of boxing, and he's one of them. He's not the face. Now, let's get into it. Who should he fight next? Because after this performance that they, these two YouTube stars did, Canelo Alvarez has a list of fighters. He has, uh-huh. a, he has options. But which one is more compelling? Which one do the boxing fans want to see? The Zone put out a potential Canelo Alvarez opponent. So let's start off at the last division he fought in, 175. Canelo Alvarez holds the WBO light heavyweight titles. You have uh, currently there, you have Dimitri Bivol, who is the WBA light heavyweight champion. And then you got the newly crowned, the light heavyweight, unified light heavyweight champion, Arthur Bedervier. B-Ray, do you, first of all, do you think Canelo stays at 175? And would he fight these two men? You're Fuck on. no. What, 175, no. I'm sorry. The way he performed, I don't even think he wants to go back. You don't think so? I don't think so. And I, and him saying, was it yesterday, him saying that he'd be in the gym? I don't know. He's, right now, it's giving everyone the implication that I think he wants to lose some of that weight right now. So he can get back to either 168 or 160. So my guess, he goes back to one of those two. Okay. All right, talk about 168. Let's go. Well, okay, well, first of all, do I think he'll fight uh, Arthur Bedeviev? Arthur Bedeviev is a bruiser. Mm. More, uh, he, I think he's more of a heavy hitter than Sergey Kovalev at this moment mm. with 15 wins and 15 knockouts. He's a heavy hitter. Uh, I still think he's a little green. Maybe Canelo might dare to be great and fight. If Canelo dares to be great, you, again, I'll say this right now. If, if Canelo Alvarez decides to fight... Arthur Bedevia, and he does what he did to Sergey Kovalev to this guy. Hands down, Canelo Alvarez can probably put himself in the pound for as number one, the best pound for pound fighter in the world. I agree. 
It's it's fights like that, yes, that I would agree. Like, yeah, it's fights, it's, it's fights like it's fights like that that put him out mm-hmm. there and separate him from everyone else. Who I just said right it's, now, he is literally in the in the same group. Um, Dimitri Bivol, I think, is one of the most uh, skilled fighters in the division. It's a good fight, um, not compelling enough to be a big, you know, the, the stop the presses Canelo versus Bivol. Not yet. Bivol hasn't put himself out there yet. I think. Um, Dimitri Bivol, I mean, you know, um, Artur Bedeviev has enough highlights that if you're Goldenborn and you know how to promote it right, you can promote this guy as a fucking killer, as another Russian killer. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I would like, if he stays 175, I want to see him against uh, Arthur Bedeviev because right now he's on a tear with, again, 15 wins, 15 knockouts, and he's the unified light heavyweight champion of the world. So that's my pick. All right, let's go into 168 pounds. All right. And this um, list is going to exclude um, Chavez and Jacobs because they're past <laughs> opponents, and no, and because of the performances, nobody wants to see a rematch with neither of these guys, so they're excluded from the list here. Mm-hmm. So you have the WBC um, super middleweight champion David Benavides. That'll be a good fight. Um, you got the IBF champion uh, Caleb Plant. You got the WBO champion Billy Joe Sanders, and then you have the WBA champion. Callum Smith. B-Ray, who out of these four champions... And first of all, I know that Canelo is a WBA regular champion, so it doesn't count. Callum Smith is the champion for the WBA. That's the guy. So, again, alphabet soup. So, B-Ray, who who would you like to see? I would say Callum Smith. I would say him. Really? I would pick him, like, meeting, yeah, if you ask me who would you really love, it's him. And if not, Billy, at least Billy Joe Sanders, but Callum Smith is the one that I want, you know, step in the ring with Canelo, if, if to make it possible. Um, Callum Smith is on a tear, he's undefeated, 26 wins, 19 knockouts. Um, he's the guy that first gave Rocky Fielding his loss before Canelo came in and did his thing. Uh-huh. Um, Billy Joe Sanders... If I'm kind of okay, if I'm Canelo Alvarez and I really don't care about my legacy, and, and you know I give two shits because Canelo does what Canelo does, I um, the Billy Joe Sanders didn't look good. If they choose Billy Joe Sanders, it's because they see something that favors them to win. And um, how can I say, um, Billy Joe Sanders to me is not a natural 168 pounder. He looked a little beefy, a little beefy, in that division. So. I don't see him as a possible threat at 168. He looked good at one. He looked good at 160. He looked great. I would have loved. Yeah. I would have loved to see Billy Joe Sanders fight Canelo Alvarez after Billy Joe dismantled David Lemieux at 160. Me too. After that, I think I think that would have been the fight to make at 160. Um, he, here's my two options. I kind of want to see him against. Well, yeah. okay, this is how I would do it in order. If I kind of if I was Canelo uh, management team or I was fantasy matchmaking. I would want to. I want to see him against David Benavides. David Benavides is a guy who pretty much is like, you know, straight up Terminator. We saw him against um, oh my God, uh, and that uh, was it Anthony Durrell. Yeah, I Anthony. Think so. We saw him against mm. Anthony Durrell. The guy was straight up hunting him down, chopping him down. You know, Durrell couldn't get him off of him. I would love to see that against Canelo. Um, I think that's an all-action fight for as long as it Fuck lasts. Yeah. Um, my second fight. I agree with you. I will honestly him against Callum Smith. I think Callum Smith has been on a tear. Um, but I actually think that Callum Smith is outgrowing the 168-pound division. I possibly see him moving up to 175 in the next two fights. 
So I don't know how long he can stay there. Maybe for the right money, he'll squeeze himself to 168 again for Canelo. And seeing how Canelo's paying his fighters, most likely yes. Thirdly, the last fight I want to see, skill-wise, he has it. I would love to see him. He's a pure boxer to me. I want to see him. And again, this is insane that that, uh, Billy Joe Sanders is not a pure boxer. I just feel that uh, Billy Joe Sanders and that weight class doesn't show the same abilities as he showed in the lower weight classes when he fought uh, his most notable win against Dave Lemieux. So that's why I'm excluding him from this. So if I'm saying the top three, it'll be Benavidez, Kendall Smith, and lastly, I would want him to face Caleb Plant. Caleb Plant is a pure boxer. I feel that he would frustrate him. We saw that Canelo. We saw that Canelo was able to get easily hit with a jab by uh, by uh, Triple G and by Kovalev. I feel that Caleb Plant would just out jab him, slip the punches here and there, make Canelo miss. It would be a, ch- a high speed chess match between both of these guys because both guys are pretty good at dodging punches, but both guys are pretty quick on the trigger. I would like to see this fight. I would like to see the sweet science. I'd like to see how both guys would strategically fight each other in this fight. I think it's a compelling fight. And I, and I only say this because I think Caleb Plant is possibly gearing towards a fight against David Benavides in unification. If he does that, that puts, himself in a, that puts him in a high-profile fight down the line against Canelo. So that's my opinion. I definitely, yeah. All right. He becomes a top contender. 160, where he is, well, he, he still holds, what, two titles in the division? Two titles, yeah, I believe. Well, the, no, he holds one because uh, you can't count the franchise champion. He holds one. He oh holds, yeah, you're right. Yeah, you can't. Count yeah, yeah, just franchise. one. You're right. Yep. So, all right, 168 pounds. You got the WBC champion, uh, Jamal Charlo. You got the IBF champion, Triple G, and you got the WBO champion, Demetrius Andre. B Ray, if you're the matchmaker, if you're in Canelo's year, who would you fight at 160? Fuck, I ain't really between, of course, uh, Charlo and Demetrius Andre. Fuck. I'm with Demetrius Andre. I'm sorry. I want to really. See, yeah. To me, right now. Damn, straight ahead. <laughs> straight straight I, to that guy. I'm sorry. Um, I know I said uh, earlier in the early episodes, I want to see the third fight. It's unfinished business. But after watching Triple G's last performance, I want to believe he was sick. I don't want to believe that he was aging himself out, that he aged during the fight. I want to see Triple G one more time against another kind of fighter like uh, Dervachenko. To see where he's at, uh-huh. if he still, if he still, if he still looks the same like he did against Zerachenko, I'm sorry. To me, there's no need for a third fight. I agree with Canelo. Then. If Triple G looks uh-huh. shoddy, if Triple G looks hittable, he looks slow. He doesn't look that threatening anymore. Then I agree with Canelo. Alvarez. There's no need for a third fight. No uh-huh. need for a third fight. I and then against um, Jamal Charlo, I would love to see that fight. I don't think it's gonna happen. Yeah. So I think the be- and, and I'm going um, I'm going more realistically here. Demetrius Andre is a more realistic fight. He he's on the, he's on the zone. I know Triple G is on the zone too, but I don't know if, if I'm Triple G's team and I want to put him against Canelo right now, especially how he looked against Sergey Kovalev. I don't and especially how the way he yeah. looked against Zervachenko. I really don't want to think that you should right away rush into a third fight. So I think the most logical opponent currently right now should be Demetrius Andre. Who needs a high-profile fight? And and there's already a storyline. There's already kind of a background story because both guys are already talking shit about each other on social media with two reporters, with Canelo saying that he's a boring fighter. He hasn't fought nobody. And Demetrius Andre calling him out saying, get some huevos and fight me. 
you know, all this. So you, you at least have this animosity already built up between these two men. Yep. He's going to keep going until he gets it. And like I said, he's the dark horse of the division, so. Mm-hmm. So intriguing for Canelo Alvarez, and Brian B-Ray B- mentioned that a couple minutes ago. Um, B-Ray thinks that, that he's trying to trim down in weight. Um, I actually believe that he is trimming down in weight, but I don't think he's going to drop all the way down to 160. I think if I'm Canelo Alvarez, you gain 15 pounds of muscle. I, you don't want to make the same mistake like other fighters like Roy Jones did who cut down in weight to fight in, at the lower weight class. I think you should gradually make your way down. So I think his next fight is going to be at super middleweight. And then his next, and so this his next fight in May will be at super middleweight. His his September fight will be at middleweight. It makes sense. Yeah, it's a lot of weight to lose to go to one sixty. Yes, especially when you're looking at the division, you got a bunch of fucking killers in each division. Mm-hmm. You know, like I said, you know, you got you got like the light heavyweight, you got Bivol and Art of um, um, Better Viv at one hundred sixty eight. You got mm-hmm. Benavides. You got Plant. You got um, Callum Smith, you got Sanders, and then 160, you got Charlo, Triple G, and Andre. You got a bunch of guys, all of them wanting a crack at Canelo Alvarez. Um, I think I think he's going to stay in, in the range at 168, 175. I wouldn't be surprised if he fights at a catch weight at like 166, 165. Oh, God. <laughs> you know, Canelo, super Canelo weight. Super, super Canelo weight. <laughs> That's what I think. He'll, my, he might end up fighting. I'm not too sure. So we'll see what happens. Um, I don't think we're going to hear an announcement. Maybe in like what early twenty twenty we'll hear. I was about to say, yeah, they usually like to make announcements. What usually January or February? Yeah, so that's when we'll start hearing. Yep, the news of his next fight. All right. <clears throat> oh, sorry, I had to show my throat. All right, let's get into the last topic: heavyweights. Um, Tyson Fury, who a couple weeks ago fought in the side. Oh, fought. I'm sorry. He entertained people in Saudi Arabia in his WWE appearance against Braun Strowman. He doesn't have an opponent lined up. He is scheduled to fight Tyson Fury if Fury gets past Luis King Kong Ortiz on November 27th. Um, November 23rd, I'm sorry. I think he fights November 23rd or 27th? No, the 23rd. Yeah. 23rd. 23rd, thank you. Be looking at schedule. All right. Mm-hmm. Yep. So Tyson Fury isn't going to take an interim fight. But he is entertaining other fights, other matchups. Like I said, he dipped his toe into the wrestling ring. He liked it. He got money out of it. Tyson Fury now believes he can do anything he wants now. He can jump into anything and be great at it. Well, he said that he would be able to jump into the UFC and beat the shit out of any other fighter in the UFC. We talked okay. about it last week when he said that um, that uh, Francis Ngannou would, said one, would want to fight him. Even Mike Tyson dined in and said that Francis Ngannou, he would train Francis Ngannou to fight Sergey Kov. I mean, Sergey would fight Tyson Fury. But we didn't believe it. But there's one guy that came out and said, I'll fucking fight him and I'll beat his ass. The UFC heavyweight champion of the world, Stipe Miocic. So here's an audio of Tyson Fury responding to the UFC and the challenge of Stipe Miocic. There was also rumor that you were going to do UFC. I don't know if you saw this. I've heard that too. Yeah, there's a guy called uh, Dana White, who is the head of UFC, and he says that you wouldn't be up to it. Which, I mean, stood here, you look like you'd be pretty good. <laughs> he, he doesn't think that you... Well, I've, I've, I've done a little bit of training yeah. um, with Darren Till down in Liverpool, um, and I've, 
done a bit of kickboxing training in Holland for a few years. So I think I'm really ready for it, to be fair. Yeah. And, you know, everyone's going to have their uh, critics and whatever. But, you know, I've got three more fights left on my boxing contract. And when that's over, I'm going to come for the MMA guys. I read today that their heavyweight champion, Stipe Mekovic or something like that, he says he would rather come and box me in a boxing ring, have a crossover fight, MMA fighter versus boxer in a boxing ring. So I'd be up for that as well. Yeah. So maybe we have a boxing fight for an MMA fighter and then we return it. I go back in the cage with one of those guys. Yeah. Have the, have the return in the cage. So maybe we could do two. There was also a rumour that you were going to... Peter, what's your take on that? Clown. Fucking clown. So the clown. He's not going to fucking step in. And if he does step in, he's going to get his ass warped. No, he won't step into the cage. I agree with you. But if Dana White and Bob Arum were in uh, Frank Warren were all to work out a deal where Stipe steps into the ring, you don't think they'll jump for it? Wait, first of all, let me from a step in, Step in the boxing ring? Yes, Stipe Miocic says he's willing to step in. He said that right now. You heard him. Well, not hurt him, but you heard Tyson Fury saying that he's willing to do it. He's willing to fight him in boxing, and then Tyson Fury will return the favor going into MMA. I don't think that Tyson Fury would go into MMA. I'm sorry. I think I've said it before, and I said it again when we when Floyd Mayweather entertained the fact that I'm going to join MMA. I'm sorry. Uh-huh. Floyd Mayweather would have got his legs kicked out. He would have kicked the shit out of his legs. Floyd would have fell, and he would have got grounded and pounded, and would have been the end of it. This is the same thing yeah. with Tyson Fury. I'm sorry. I believe that Tyson Fury would have been dragged to the ground and pummeled by Stipe Miocic. Sir uh, uh, Francis Ngannou would have knocked out Tyson Fury to like next year. I don't His think eye would have been more fucked up than last time. He would never step into the octagon. But I believe that Tyson Fury would entertain a boxing matchup, a crossover boxing fight between yeah, him and MMA fighters. Now, would the audience tune in? Because, hey, we were already fooled once with Conor McGregor Mayweather. Would the boxing fans and MMA fans be fooled twice mm, with the Fury Miocic I fight? don't think so. I don't think that many people. Nah. I like to think that. Not many people, really. What's... Okay, I'm going to say this. What's your take on this, B-Ray? Like, okay, he had his fight against... I, it, he had his fight. He, he won... He didn't look good. He got cut up. He got beat up a little bit. Um, he then, from there, takes up takes a wrestling match in Saudi Arabia, uh-huh. and now he's entertaining. He's on social media. He's on. He's on. He's on news outlets in the UK. He's entertaining a matchup for a for a, a UFC mix. Basically, a cross promotion boxing MMA. What is your take on this? this? We talked about it a couple weeks ago. We say that I feel that Tyson Fury right now is at this point where he goes, okay, I got to, and this is my opinion, He's his mentality is, okay, I got to make as, as much money as I can because after the Wilder fight, I, I may not win. I may get knocked the fuck out. And then that ends the whole Tyson Fury, you know, enigma. That ends the whole Tyson Fury aura of him. Because the whole marketability of Tyson Fury is that he talks a lot of shit and he's undefeated. Uh-huh. Now, if he gets decapitated by by Deontay Wilder next year, that whole thing disappears. So why not generate enough money for myself so that I can leave comfortably out of the sport? You know, because he can say, you know, I don't have it anymore and blah, 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 whatever. But my thing is, 
am I are we am I right about this? Do you think this is the guy who's just trying to make enough money to get out of the sport? It, it, it is. It is uh, seeming. It's looking that he's going towards that, and it's making a lot of sense as you say it. It's making a lot of fucking sense because you saw how it was with Wilder last year, and he knows that he possibly knows that, that you know he steps in the ring. Most likely, he's not going to be. It's not going to go ending by a fucking decision. It's going to end by a knockout. You're probably, you're probably right. That's that's why he's making all the... I think he came back on SmackDown again. He's still continuing making these appearances on SmackDown with WWE. And now he's doing this and, shit with and, the UFC. And, and, they're not for so free. and they're not for free. You know they're paying him to come out there. They're paying... Oh, obviously. I mean, they have to be. They have to be paying for him. So it, it does seem like he's leaning towards that. He's leaning towards to him making any kind of... Any type of entertainment... That would make him the good, you know, good ass fucking money. Now I know that the Tyson Fury fans will be like, "Well, what do you want him to do? He's just not gonna sit in his ass and not do anything and wait for wait for Wilder to finish his fight with Ortiz." No, you're right. You're right. Could it be that Tyson Fury is just whoring himself around to keep his name relevant? Maybe. But like Beery just said, he's still appearing in the WWE. He's still making money. It's not like he's doing it for free. I mean, this is a guy. Shit, this is a guy. Sorry, I'm dropping from. This is a guy who, flat out says, he beat Deontay Wilder. He beat him, flat out beat him. That he in the rematch he'll beat him again. Well, it's only, it's gonna be a year to the date that the rematch that the first fight happened. Since then, he has fought twice. Against who? Not Wilder. He's damn sure not fought Wilder. For a guy that flat out will go and yell it from the rooftop, I am the lineal heavyweight champion of the world. I am the most feared heavyweight out there. I am the man. I can beat Anthony Joshua, Andy Ruiz, and Deontay Wilder in one night with one hand time behind my back because I'm that fucking good. I can beat Deontay Wilder. I already beat him the first time. I'll beat him again. You haven't fought him, though. Does this look like a man who actually believes he can win a rematch with Deontay Wilder? Because Not really. <laughs> the more I see this, the more people cannot justify why hasn't he not done this rematch. This rematch could have... This, this could have already been a trilogy by now. Yeah, the rematch could have happened in May. And the third one could have happened this month. And nothing, nothing has happened since then. He's fought against two unknown boxers. One of them almost fucking, one of them gave him a big ass cut, beat him up a little bit. And what do you do? You go and you go to box. You go to the wrestling. What are you doing now? You're entertaining an MMA fight. <laughs> are these the actions of a man who actually believes that he can beat the bronze bomber? And I'm not saying he's afraid, but I feel that. He felt something in that fight. And I said it again. I said uh, said it before and I'll say it again. I don't think he even knows how the fuck he got up from that punch. (laughs) I think he walks around to this day not knowing how the hell he pulled that 12th round out of his ass and got up. I don't think he knows. I don't think he knows. Of course. Of course, many people believe that was a 10 count, but yeah. I'm one of them. I counted it, but... That's why I wanted to see the rematch. And it's going to be a year now since that first fight has happened. Uh-huh. 
And the actions of Tyson Fury tell me that he doesn't he didn't want he didn't want to go for the rematch. The actions of Tyson Fury are telling me that he's trying to collect enough money for himself right now. He's trying to collect he's trying to collect as much as he can because he knows the end is near. He knows the end is near. I mean, he's not he's I mean he's not getting any younger. Again. He's definitely not getting any younger. The end is near. So yeah. Exactly, the end is near. So he's realizing he needs to make money no matter and no matter what way, make yourself a fool in WWE or making these silly comments that he wants to be in the UFC anyway. I'll say this, I would not watch him versus Stevie Mayo. We've already seen him before. We already know what happens when an MMA guy goes to boxing. Oh, uh, yep. No disrespect to the UFC heavyweight champion. I'm sorry. It's like saying that Tyson Fury can go to MMA and dominate the sport. No, we've seen it. We've already seen a boxer go there. It didn't work out. James Tony went there. It didn't work out. We've talked mm-hmm. about this before. These guys crossing over to each other's sports doesn't work out. So I don't believe this fight's gonna happen. I think it's just a, I think it's all talk. I think it's just all. You know them boasting from boasting about you know oh, we're gonna do it oh you know I'll, I'll fight them all this and that they're not gonna do it I don't think it's generating enough buzz the fact that he's already talked about it this week is not gaining a lot of attention I'm only mentioning it because to me I'm trying to lay out the, are these the action of a man who actually wants to fight Deontay Wilder because I've already said it again he could have fought Wilder. A long time ago already. This could have already been a trilogy by now. B-Ray just cut it down for you guys. They could have done the rematch in May. And they could have done the third fight right now in November. Mm-hmm. Since then, what has Tyson Fury done? My guy hasn't done much, really. To me, the guy hasn't... Yeah, you're right. Nothing yeah. too impressive. And the fact that he's talking about, I only have three fights left. After this, I'm done. To me, he's one foot in, one foot out. And I think he's collecting as many paychecks as he can. If it means going to the WWE and doing some stupid things with the segments with wrestlers, he'll do it. If it means entertaining, if it means entertaining a possible matchup against an MMA fighter, I'll do it too. If it means I got to do a Chuck Webner and fight a bear, I'll fight a bear. <laughs> he might. For the right price, I'll fight a bear. That's Tyson Fury at the moment. For the right price, I'll fight a bear. And I know people are going to tell me, weren't you the one that always says, they're a prize fighter? What are they fighting for? I get it. I get it. Yes, Tyson, I'm not saying don't make your money, Tyson Fury. But don't go out there feeding and feeding people bullshit about that you're the heavyweight champion of the world. That in one night, you can defeat all men with one hand behind your back. That you, you defeated Wilder. And given the opportunity again, you'll beat him again. Well, guess what? You could have had two cracks at them in this in this calendar year, and you chose not to. You took tune-up fights for what? If you beat them the first time, you can do it. And you beat them the first time, coming off a two-year fucking coke and fucking hooker layoff. <laughs> you were on a coke binge, a two-year coke binge. You contemplated suicide. And you were able to you were able to defeat Deontay Wilder. Now what's gonna happen when a healthier, sober, more serious Fury does it? 
You should have done it already. You didn't. So are these the actions of a man who actually believes that he can go and do it again? No, they're not. Not in my opinion. Not in my opinion. It, yeah, it, it's, I'll be very surprised. I mean, if Wilder does get through Ortiz, I, I, will, I will be a bit of surprise if the fight or even does happen. So far, I'm just seeing it's just not going to happen. I don't think so either. But pretty much looking at the, I'm looking at my phone right now. That's all the topics I had on tonight. B, is there anything you, any topics you wanted to add? Oh, no, I think we uh, pretty much hit it all. Well, we hit it good. Yeah, we did. All right, folks. Below the description of this episode is all the social media platforms you guys can find us on. Like I said earlier, name me another time celebrities were able to outperform when it came down to viewerships uh, of boxers. Like I said last week, name me another time that uh, boxing had to hold, had to literally wait for an MMA fight to end. No one did it. So this week, mm-hmm. name me another time a celebrity boxing match or celebrity whatever was able to hold, was able to outperform in viewerships boxing. Name it. Draw, like I said, let us know. Correct me. School me. I, I, I'm, I'm a person that will fucking admit that I'm wrong. I will name you. I will name drop you on the show on Instagram to prove that you were right and I was wrong. Like I said, below the description is all the social media platforms you can find us on. If you guys like wrestling and you guys like boxing, <clears throat> sorry, you guys can go to B Ray eighty nine. That's where B Ray is at. B Ray likes to. He enjoys the debates with the Lomachenko and Canelo fans. Yeah, they're pretty really <laughs> There you go. Other than that, thank you for downloading. Thank you for listening. Um, we'll beat you on this. All right. All right, we'll be back next week to talk more <laughs> boxing news and see what's going on in the world of boxing. Like we said, the boxing world keeps on moving. We're just a small wheel in this big ass machine we call boxing. So other than that, this this is Jay. This is B Ray. We're signing out. Yeah. Latest. But you know, fans get guaranteed customer satisfaction. Well, it's certainly been a night of surprises and tough action. None bigger than this. Maybe the biggest upset of this decade. With the new iPhone SE for less than 100 bucks at Metro, you rule. It's the most affordable iPhone on the number one brand in prepaid. So whether you're studying online or FaceTiming. Hey, Mom. Hi, dear. The iPhone SE has all you need. Switch to Metro and get the iPhone SE for $99.99 after rebate redemption and six months of service with AutoPay. Metro by T-Mobile. Rule your day. Limit one per account slash household. Requires port and ID validation. Not valid for numbers currently on the T-Mobile network or active on Metro in past 90 days. Restrictions apply. See store for details.